123. Welcome back. You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Karen Ko, this afternoon. And I am joined by two wonderful guests to talk about the Asian Film Festival, Festival, which is back for its 16th edition, running from October 29th to November 23rd. And joining me in the studio now are the festival director, Clarence Troy, and programmer, Didi Wu. So... Welcome to both of you. Hello. Yeah, thanks hello. for coming on the show. Thanks for having us here. We are also on Facebook Live. So if you go to uh, my Facebook page, Karen on RTHK Radio 3, you can see and hear Clarence and Didi. So I was really surprised to hear that this is the first time you've come on Radio 3 to talk about the film festival. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we're glad we're, glad we're here. Yeah, first time in 16 years. So... Clarence, maybe you can start by telling us about the festival and how it's changed over the years. I think our festival, the Hong Kong Asian Film Festival, actually we do what's on the can. Actually, we try to bring the best films and brightest talents from Asia across the region to local audiences so that they could get a taste of, well, some alternative fare for one of a better word. I mean, something which is a little bit different from the mainstream. Yes, because generally speaking, uh, Hong Kong caters to the, what, 18 to 35-year-old young guy who wants to see action films, right? <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure that, I'm, I'm, I think we are pretty much confident that there is a, a, a desire out there for something different. And there are a lot of films which we would like to introduce to local audiences so that they could get a taste of something beyond the the Marvel franchises and all those things. Yeah. So, and actually, well, we, we do have thematic showcases every year during the past, well, 16, 15, 16 years. And we do also have a new talent award in which we try to uh, bring the um, best new directors from Asia to Hong Kong. They are going to be here to screen their films and also to interact with audiences. I think this is a very important part of the festival to create some kind of dynamic or rapport yeah, between exactly. audience and Well, you know, I, I was recently in the US and I went to the Toronto Film Festival. Um, I happened to visit at that time when it was mm -hmm. on. And I think one of the most enjoyable things is to go to a screening and then the director's there or some of the cast is there and they do a Q&A after the film. Do you do the similar thing here? Yeah, I think, I think we do a lot of that actually during the festival. Actually, we're doing something like that tonight, right, Didi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we have another Q&A at uh, the Broadway Cinema Attack tonight uh, for the Hong Kong film. Uh, for festival, we do tend to invite more guests over to, to have the Q&A because that's the most important thing for festival. That's what they think, the interactions. and Because you don't get to see the, the creators or the filmmakers when you go to cinemas. But during festival, you get to see a lot of them. Yeah, I think that's what makes it really special. So, Didi, let me um, come over to you more then. Uh, in terms of the themes and the actual films you choose, how do you go about that? Um, we have discussions on that, um, maybe half an hour, uh, half an year before. Wow. Um, so you've the, got a plan way yeah, in advance. Yeah. We need to plan ahead because we have over almost uh, 80 films for the, for the festival. So we need to plan quite a long ahead. Um, and then we go through what we had before and what's the trend, uh, like how do people look for Asian films, like what's hip or, or what's um, 
what we haven't done before. So we ha ended up uh, having Cambodia and um, Iranians um, directors in focus. That's amazing. And how does the process work? Do you do you go out and look for them, or do they actually pitch to you? I mean, um, <laughs> sometimes that's mixed because um, we do know a lot of people in the industry around the world. Um, during the year when we go to film festivals, we meet them and then we discuss. And sometimes they will propose what they have in hands and then like what have been restored or what's news coming up. And then we will discuss based on that and then uh, see if that fits with the Hong Kong environment or with, with the Hong Kong audience. And then sometimes we just look for them if mm. we think of something that's interesting, like for the um, or Hatmet Rosolov, Directors in Focus, uh, retrospective. Um, due to the recent um, arrest or mm -hmm. impersonation of oh. uh, the directors. He was, he's in prison now, is he? I think it's kind of like... Um, I think he was, he was charged and convicted and given a one-year prison sentence, but he's now spending his time at home okay, under wait, house arrest, So maybe. for our audience who doesn't know him, mm. um, his name is Mohammed Rasulov, right? Mm. And, and t just tell us who he is. Mohammed Rasulov has been making documentaries and films for the past 20-odd, 30 years, but he's been always making all these films outside the establishment trying to reveal the true state of things in Iran. in Iran. And of course that landed him in hot water yeah, with the authorities. <laughs> and he's been running into trouble with the, the government for quite a long time. And he's been arrested, released, arrested again and released and arrested again well repeatedly during the past 10, 12 10 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the, the most recent situation was he was charged and convicted, but he could still, he's still at the liberty of moving around inside his home, maybe, and then having outside contact as well. Is he, are they allowed to screen his films in Iran? No. No. No, no, not at all. Not at no, all. None of his none films, of none of his films have ever been screened publicly or wow. officially within Amazing. a country, even though most of his films were critically acclaimed at international film festivals. Right. For example, I think his previous three films, right? I mean, yeah. they all won awards at Cannes Film Festival, really? mm. but none of them had ever been shown. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. And the, but you're going to show quite a few of them at, at our festival. Yeah, actually, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the features uh, we're we're going to show them. Um, only the latest one has been released. All of the other films of him hasn't been released in Hong Kong before. Mm, so. Wonderful. Now, uh, another important thing is you mentioned earlier the Hong Kong Cinema Forum. So, what's that about? Is that about homegrown films? Because actually, I think from the very beginning, when the when we founded the Hong Kong Asian Film Festival, one of our primary objectives is to provide a platform for young local filmmakers to have their films shown. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, most cinemas, most circuits, mainstream cinemas, they are more interested in films that could sell, mm. and audiences, even though they, I'm sure they they want to see these films. I mean, but they don't know them. So I think the festival actually serves as a platform for these filmmakers to showcase their craft. And we've been doing that for quite a few years. And this year we wanted to gather them all in one place to talk about their craft, to talk about the challenges they face, 
to the audience. So we are going to do a forum of sorts, I mean, at the Baptist University on November the 7th. And it's actually, well, it's open to the public. So everybody could come and meet them, talk to them, and suggest things that they could actually do. I'm sure there's many stories they could tell. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. Is is the Hong Kong film and independent uh, filmmakers locally, is it it a healthy scene? Um, Yes and no, because it's harder to get money to get funded to make the films, but um, taking that the technology cost is lower, so it's easier for them to make films. Actually, I couldn't do it at home, and then more people actually know how to make films and editing True. and stuff, so they can get more helpers in lower costs and stuff. But um, I think, but in terms of getting the film released in Hong Kong is another question, and um, it's harder for them to do as well. Mm, so. so you can make the film, but getting it in front of people's eyeballs is much harder. Yeah. Okay. One of the other things that was interesting I saw, which you mentioned earlier, Clarence, was that the cinema of Cambodia. I mean, mm-hmm. who knew Cambodia had a film industry? <laughs> yes, I think I think the starting point was, of course, this year, 2019, is the 40th anniversary of the um, the, oh, the 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 uh, the fall Rouge, of the Khmer Rouge yeah. regime. And even though that's the starting point, I was thinking, well, when people think of Cambodia, they usually think of the Khmer Rouge, the Angkor Wat, and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> and this is something that we want we really want to subvert because right. we, we we've we've been in touch with Cambodian filmmakers for quite a while because of the festival and also because of the Broadway Cinematheque which which do show alternative fare and we've been in touch with them and we realize that there is so much more to Cambodia and Cambodian cinema than the three things that we just mentioned so actually we did a bit of research with the help of uh, local filmmakers there, and we came up with um, seven films uh, spread across the past five decades. The first, the oldest film that we will be showing will be from 1968. Wow. And it's a very interesting f- fantasy film made with homemade technology with a lot of blood bloodshed and a lot of violence but well it's a very interesting film and all the way where we will have a classic from the late King Norodom Sihanouk who is actually who was actually a cineast himself Mm -hmm. and we will also be screening films from the 1980s the 1990s and all the way to the very present with a documentary which was just released this year Okay, so you're really going to show Cambodia in mm. it and its history really yes. over the past several decades. Yes, I, I think that's what, what we really want to do with the festival, just like the Mohammed Rasulov retrospective. We really want to uh, introduce um, these uh, lesser-known films or lesser-known cinema industries to local audiences because I, 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 I don't see us as, as teachers or whatever. I mean, it's just a, a, a sharing process. Mm, just, we really want to share yeah. these things with uh, local cinephiles. I'm sure that they will be enthusiastic about something new or something beyond their usual horizons. Beyond the Hollywood. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the word cineast. I don't even know what that means, but I did see one section of the program which is cineast delights. So, Didi, can you explain that? 
Um, that's uh, the sections that's more popular and more appealing to the audience, the local audience. That to say, maybe a Hollywood fans that will also be interested in these sections of films. Um, we screen um, award-winning films from the Asians, like from Cannes or Berlin, from big film masters, and then with big casts. Um, that that's oh, like more or less of the, yeah. like famous actors yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. of like the top 40 kind yeah, of music yeah. that you would play <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly okay and then you also have a documentary section so can you tell us more about that um since um since my joining of the festival to the festival um i started work on a more uh, focus on the documentaries in asia because usually maybe we get to see the um documentary from the Europe or from the US most of the time but we don't get much chance to see what's happened in Asia and documentary is also an, an eye to what's happening around the societies in Asia what's the social affairs and the cultural affairs and stuff so um, I think it's a good chance to take this platform uh, as a platform to screen the uh, documentaries to, to let the audience know what's happening around them. Um, for this year, um, we're, we focus on something that's um, trying to against what's, against all odds, okay. <laughs> let's say, yeah. let's put it that way. That way. Um, how they struggle in their life and then what can they do with their obstacles. Um, so there's a selection of um, six films from different countries and of different formats as well, uh, different type of filmmaking, documentary filmmaking style um, from Japan, Malaysia, and um, so yeah, there's a great uh, group of um, different formats mm. of documentaries of similar topics. Right. So we hope like that a similar themes. Yeah, yeah, similar films, and then we hope that they would uh, inspire people on how they can face their obstacles and lives in Hong Kong. Mm, so based on great. that. That's yeah. great. And you also have uh, Taiwan Select. I mean, Taiwan is very prolific. They, the Taiwanese make a lot of films and make a lot of wonderful films. Um, what can we expect from that, from that section? Um, I think our selection covers a wide range of films with uh, very diverse topics and diverse ways of making films. I think the we, we've been having this uh, special selection of Taiwanese films for quite a few years, uh, mostly because we do see things in Taiwanese cinema which could actually provide some kind of an inspiration for our local filmmakers and audiences. How actually with the help of the authorities and also a very enthusiastic audience, Taiwanese filmmakers could actually have, enjoy a lot of freedom in, in exploring aesthetics, exploring styles, exploring themes, and they could actually do whatever they want. I mean, say whatever they want, and then try to bring their messages across to the public in the most entertaining and educational ways. So this is why we in, we persisted in having this Taiwan Select section for quite a few years. So apart from the film screenings themselves, are there other activities that uh, go along with the film festival? Yes, we do. <laughs> That's one of the uh, main um, focus that we have for the Asian Film Festival as well. Uh, we have one outdoor screenings that take place on the 31st of mm -hmm. um, October in Central. I don't remember the name of the venue. Yeah, it's, golf, it's on the on the steps of Golf Street. Oh, really? yeah. so it's really in, in outdoors in the yeah, street. Exactly. Yeah, 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 on the street. Okay. That, that we can enjoy two films from the selections and then 
um, this is working with them. Um, we are co-partnering with with Aesop, so there are some gifts if oh, you don't. Bags. So yeah, that's <laughs> nice. like that. some nice with the with the venues, and then we we also screen something that's related to the city. So that's a quite a nice context to enjoy the film at that area with the context of the film as well. So quite interesting. And then we have two talks. Um, one that's on. Uh, the, what, the one that we mentioned before, the mm -hmm. Cambodian yes. cinemas, and then the Iranian um, focus, directors focus. And then we have one documentary workshops that is hosted by two of the documentary directors that has their new film screened in the festival. They're going to host a workshop on other directors' work. Wow. So there's a lot going on. It's pretty packed. So if listeners want to find out more, they want to get tickets, how can they do that? Can, yeah, actually, <laughs> we do have a website dedicated to the festival. So the fest, the, the website is well. Oh, I hope I get it correct. www.hkaff.asia. Okay. Yeah. If it's not correct, they can always Google it, or I'll put the link in our Facebook Live yes, page. Please do. <laughs> please do. Please do. Yes. And again, that yeah. get the ticket on uh, cinema.com.hk. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, listen, Didi and Clarence, thank you so much for coming in and telling us all about the Asian Film Festival. It sounds really exciting, and I'm so glad you were able to share with us all that's coming up. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you so Karen. much. Thank you. Thanks again. And we've been speaking with uh, Didi Wu and Clarence Tree from the Asian.